Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey, everybody. Hey, it's Greg Harrelson here again with the Level Up Podcast, and um, I'm bringing to you a guest that is probably a very familiar name. Uh, not only just uh, been a, a big influence on the industry across the country, um, but has been on the podcast a, a few different times. This might be the third or fourth time that he's been with me on the podcast. So there's a reason I keep bringing him back. And that's uh, because I believe he's a wealth of information that when he's given his ideas, we should all be listening to. So with that being said, I want to just bring back uh, Chris Heller to the podcast. Hey, Chris. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's it's. I I always enjoy you know having you uh you know on the podcast and just even you know texting back and forth with you ideas and whatnot that we do every once in a while. Um, but thank you again for for being here. And one of the reasons that I asked you, Chris, to come back today is. I've got this this kind of overwhelming feeling that I, I need to share and need to talk about mindset and the mental side of the of, of the real estate business a little right now because I'm just sensing that there's some agents that maybe are experiencing maybe a little bit of a lull in their business. They're kind of going backwards, little frustration, little fear about what's the market going to do. And 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 when I see um uncertainty in the marketplace in the area of real estate agents. I, I think sometimes they feel uncertain and then they start to withdraw. And, and I don't think withdrawing is the way to go from certain uh, from uncertainty to certainty. I think we got to engage if we're going to transition back to feeling certain. So I just thought, hey, mindset is a conversation we need to have. You were one of the very few people that I text and said, I we need to have this conversation. And then I'm a big believer in providing leads to my agents. Obviously, you're all in on the lead side across the country because you got Ojo Labs. You guys are doing big things when it comes to providing leads. So maybe we just kind of com combine leads as well as mindset, if that's okay with you. Does that sound good? That sounds great. I'm I'm really glad you're having this conversation because when we look at all the agents out there and look at the best agents and the top performers, the thing that separates them more from the others more than anything else is their mindset. And especially when it comes around leads, because leads leads are the fuel that 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 make the the machines run in our business, make make our businesses run. So I think it's the I think it's a super timely and important topic. Yeah, and and you know I think there's been an evolution of leads, right? You know where um you know you and I kind of been around for a while. <laughs> Were you, by the way, ever in the business when the MLS was on a book in a book? Yes, you were. Okay. I was too. I was too. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I mean, I, I know you've been around a long time and, but that dates us like it's special. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were in the business before, before things were computerized, before there yeah. were cell phones. Yeah. And, you know, and, and our, and, and some of my best, best uh, leads came from a sign and they came from a Homes and Land magazine or real estate book. And I didn't have Harmon Homes, but a lot of you guys had Harmon Homes back then. And, and they were direct calls, right? And they were calls from people that like, when I got a sign call, I knew they already knew the area. They already saw the curb appeal of the house. They already knew where the schools were. I mean, like to me, that was a high quality lead. 
right now, so today, fast forward to, to this year, a consumer's online on Mavoto.com or Zillow yeah. or, or a website, and they see a property that's interesting to them. They may want to tour the property or they may have some questions about it. They fill out a lead form knowing they're going to be contacted by an agent. Yes. And yet I see agents interact with those leads so differently than like the interaction that you were just describing when someone you know called you directly. And isn't the consumer really, don't they still want the same thing? Like the consumer that called us on a sign 25 years ago and the consumer that that fills out a lead form and raises their hand and says, hey, I, I want to see this property or I have a question about this property. Aren't, aren't they really saying the same thing? I think so. As I, I might go one step further, Chris. I, I might say like when I rode by the sign years ago, I just took my phone out and dialed a number. Now I've got to click this. I got to add my number. I got to add my email. Like the the effort that it takes me as a consumer to give you my information is more than I had to invest in time a long time ago. So, I mean, I would even argue that like they, to me, it's they're, they're more invested today in having us reach out to them than they were before. But going back to mindset, you and I may believe this, but I think there's a disconnect in our industry because I feel like our industry as agents we don't act with urgency as much as we used to. And I'm not sure what the fear, what the disconnect is here. What, what are your thoughts? Because I think we yeah. and I are battling this all the time. It's like, how do we get people to act with urgency on these leads when they've spent so much time and effort to even give us a, their information? Uh, I think there's, I think it's probably a lot of things. I think it's, uh, and I'm going to say some things aren't going to be popular. I think it's a work ethic. I think it is uh, some generational things. I think there's we've all we've all gotten soft in it, in it to a certain extent because we want things easy. We get things easy. We think yeah. things should be easy. The reality of it is that you know it takes being persistent. It takes being consistent. It takes being uncomfortable or putting yourself in a in comfortable place until those things become comfortable. I, I was sharing. You know, that with you before we started, I had a conversation with an agent this morning who was being very passive with their not only their lead follow-up, but also their interactions and and almost being just like an order taker. Mm -hmm. and, and I asked a couple of questions. I said, you know, if you went to a doctor or a lawyer and they just did whatever you want them to do, or said, Well, oh yeah, I can do that for you. Oh yeah, I can get that for you. Oh yeah, I can give you this and didn't ask you any questions or didn't ask you why you wanted those things or how you came to that conclusion or any of those things, would you really respect them? You know, when it was all said and done, would you be a raving fan of that service professional? And the answer is probably wouldn't respect them and you probably wouldn't be a raving fan. People want to be led. And as agents, it's our job to do that. Now, before we have the opportunity to, to lead, we have to connect with them and, and we have to be very persistent it's one of the things I think probably both of us discovered early on that be, just being persistent and consistent would cause you to win more times than not. Yes. Right? Like forget about skills, forget about personality, forget about enthusiasm, but just being persistent and consistent would put you head and shoulders above most. And then when you add those other things, 
then you really start to, you know, to get masterful at, at that. It's a really puzzling question. You know, why, why aren't agents persistent in their, in their follow-up or in their attempts to connect with someone or to meet with someone? Why aren't they consistently, you know, following up and reaching out? It's the, it's, it's what people kind of expect, right? If I'm, if I'm dealing with a salesperson, you know, maybe I'm considering a, and buying a fishing boat or something, I'm not, I'm never going to say, well, I can't believe this person's following up with me. I'm, I know that's their job. Like It's like, yeah, I'm expecting them to. And if they don't, I'm going to think they forgot about me. They don't think I'm serious. Maybe they don't think I qualify. I must not be important to them, right? Those are all this, the normal thoughts that you would have if someone, a salesperson isn't following up with you. Yeah, I, it's a good, it's a good thought here is like, I think that when it comes to a leads captured, what we think as an agent that the lead wants us to do and what the lead wants us to do are two totally different things. They are. It's a, um, it's, there's a total disconnect there. And I, and I know it because I talk to agents all the time and, and the things going through their heads are like a hallucination, like this, this whole story they make up. Oh, I'm going to be bothering them. I'm going to be off-putting. I'm going to be too salesy. I'm going to be too pushy. I'm like, they're not even thinking about you, right? They're not. Even, you're not on their radar, right? They're they got their whole life going on. You're thinking about them all the time because you know you should be doing something that you're not doing. Or if you're actually doing what you should be doing, you're going to be thinking about them because you're going to say, "Hey, I need to call Greg. Uh, I need to follow up with him." It's just a normal conversation. It's not a. You know, you're not you're not invading their privacy by communicating with them. It's the contrary. And I hope the audience will, will, will test this theory. Here's something that we, we found is that when we decided, because there's a lot of studies on this, on how many attempts you have to make in order to get connected and engaged with somebody, right. To get them on the phone or get them communicating. And let's just say on average, it's eight attempts. And when we started shifting and practicing that we're going to make four or five attempts in the first day, which are going to be call, text, text, call, email, call, even though my agents were like, these are opted in leads. So we're like, they're trying, these people are trying to get you to call them. You know, they're saying, call me. When we did this, we, we had a fear that we were going to anger some people. But what we, what I never anticipated, Chris, was this. How many people after the second text, let's say I called, then I called, left the message, and then text, text. How many people on the fourth attempt, which would have been the second text, apologized? They said, hey, I know you're trying to reach me. I'm really busy. Anytime, is there any chance that you could try to reach me? Sorry, I couldn't get back to you. Okay. I never expected that type of response. We had more people apologize because they were recognizing our efforts. We yeah. had more people apologize than actually complained. And that's and that's part of the disconnect you were talking about earlier. Because most agents agents think, oh, I'm bothering them. I'm following. And then when I get a hold of them, they're going to be angry. No, they're going to be apologetic. Like during this yes. conversation right now, I had someone try to get a hold of me for the second time today. And both times I've been busy. I'm talking to you right now. So I didn't pick up the phone. If they're over there thinking, oh, I must be bothering Chris or Chris is mad at me or you know, whatever, they may not follow up anymore. But when I call them back, I'm going to say, first thing I'm going to say is, hey, sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't talk when you called. I was in a meeting. Yeah, this, this whole disconnect is so, um, it's kind of, this is kind of crazy, right? Like when you yeah. really think about it. it and, it's crazy, but, it, but I also want people to hear the, 
the enormous upside opportunity that we have in front of us. Like this is where the opportunity is. The opportunity is when the industry's completely disconnected and we're doing it, we're, we're, we're misunderstanding. And then a few of us say, you know what? I'm going to take a different approach. And the opportunity is just enormous for those people. Yeah, because no one else is doing it, right? Everyone else is having that that inner dialogue. You know, they're having the wrong mindset, yeah. and the wrong inner dialogue about, you know, whether they should be calling someone or, you know. I always just tell agents, and I still tell them if they listen, and that is if you have the thought, even a, even a, a, a split second of a thought that you should be calling, that I should be calling you Greg, that means you should do it. Yes. Don't, don't have the second thought, which is, well, it's probably not a good time. Oh, you know what? I just tried him a couple hours ago. I'm going to wait a little longer. Oh, he's, you know, he's probably busy, right? Don't let the second thought be the thing that stops you. When that first thought comes, act on it. Let's take a quick break from the conversation. Are you looking to generate more listings, more closings, and gain more free time for yourself? Well, join the most effective group coaching program offered in the industry today, where you'll learn from agents like myself that do 200 plus listings per year, every year. Membership includes sessions to help you master listings, improve buyer conversion, and learn what technology can help you grow your business in today's market. We also talk about virtual assistants and how to use them effectively. All of the sessions are broadcasted live, but also archived so you can watch them at any time. If you're interested, go ahead, visit realestatesalessolutions.com and get ready to grow your business. I'm your coach, Greg Harrelson. Yeah. Another thing is, is back in the day, I used to have all my leads in a file, you know, and, and I'd pull up the file and here's my list. And I'd, I'd look at that one. Oh, no, I'm not going to call that one. I look at that one. And no, I'm not going to call that one. And I don't know what my criteria was for me finally dialing. Now it's like we're in, in the CRM and we're, compl- and we're just clicking next, next, next. That next button, button is your enemy. Yeah. Do yeah. not go to the next one until you've taken action on the previous one. That's kind of what I hear you saying. Uh, yeah, and the other thing, too, is. It's much easier to do the things you're supposed to do when you feel good about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to feel good when you just do those things, right? And if you make that call instead of hitting the next, hey, even if they're not there, even if you had to leave a voice message, you feel at least it was productive, right? At least you did, you took action. And so the more action you take, the more good things happen. People, um, you know, they used to always talk about luck, right? Well, look at, you ever notice that the people that have the best luck if you want to call it that, or the ones that are just taking the most action. Yeah. It's the way the universe works. Yeah, putting yourself in position. You know, shifting gears just so quickly, I, did you ever see the post uh, that was floating around Facebook? And it was kind of a negative post about Zillow. And the negative post was, oh my gosh, Zillow was ripping off real estate agents. I'm paraphrasing. They sold 150 million leads to the real estate industry but there's only 5 million sales. They are fleecing. Now, I'm going to give you my mindset on this. Maybe it's not popular. You said something that might not be popular. I guess I'll I'll say something also. 
I'm thinking, let's just assume that that number 150 million leads was accurate. Well, then we look at Ojo and Movado in all of our websites and Realtor.com. There's possibly a billion leads that's been generated in this industry for 5 million sales. My thought is, is this. The reason why lead companies can sell the same lead over and over again is because they can't find a real estate agent that will call them and follow up. So the leads get abandoned and then they end up in another one of their websites that they then sell to somebody else. So it's not the lead companies, it's the agents, it's our lack of activity that's creating this chaos. Any thoughts on that? I I think you're right. Like the, the reason there's so many leads is because so many consumers aren't getting served. Yes. Right? If I yes. fill out a lead form and I get and, a, and a, a great agent connects with me and helps me and, and builds trust and rapport with me, and now I'm working with that agent, I'm not going back to the website filling out more lead forms to get more calls from agents. But if I fill out a lead form and no one gets a hold of me, or the person that does, you know, doesn't follow up, or if I never hear from them again, then yeah, you know, I got to go through that process again. I remember years ago, I was on a listing appointment. And the seller said, hey, do you want to know why, why I'm meeting with you? He said, I, I drove around the area and I called on 10 signs, 10 for sale signs. You were one of four agents that called me back. I'm meeting with three of you. The fourth one, it took him two and a half days to call me back. So I didn't even meet with him. He said, you were the first one that called me back. And that's why I'm meeting with you first. But you know, I thought at the time, that's crazy. Like these... Yeah. Here's a consumer calling on a sign for an agent. That's why agents put up signs and so people will call them and then not to even hear from them. Uh, it's the same thing with someone filling out a lead form on your website or my website or uh, you know any other site. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt about it. You know, you're talking about like, uh, I, th- I think one of the challenges is also that we can just throw money at a company and get leads. Before you and I, especially, gosh, and and a lot of our friends, I mean, we worked hard to get a lead and we stood up with headsets on and we were hitting those phones for years to get these leads. We had so much more invested. We had sweat invested in generating those leads. And when we got one, boy, did we work hard. Now you just throw a few dollars at it and get it. You don't have that sweat equity anymore. And I think there's another thing that you're touching on because we were so used to having to generate our own leads, whether it was making those calls or knocking on doors, calling someone to follow up was just like the normal thing, right? You had to call them to get the lead to begin with. And then of course you're going to call them to follow up. I think Mm -hmm. when agents haven't built the muscle of, of generating their own leads and the leads are just being given to them or they're just buying them, then that follow-up is a new muscle that they haven't developed yet. And mm-hmm. yeah, like we started off at the beginning, most of it's mindset, you know, getting your mind right and, and having the right thoughts, attitude, approach, expectations. Um, but like anything, you know, building that muscle, then it becomes second nature, you know, like going to the gym or brushing our teeth every day or, you know, all the things we normally do that have become a habit. They haven't really gotten to the point where these things have become habits. I'm assuming back in the day and still maybe, you know, maybe not today, but, you know, all the way through your career, you know, what we did is we we had a goal for 
what time were we going to start lead generation, what time we're going to finish, and how many contacts were we going to make. If we could just bring that mentality back to, like, instead of like, I'm going to call whatever leads I get. No, how about this? Every lead I get and every lead I have, I'm going to call for three hours every day from eight to 11, calling all my leads with the intention of doing 25 contacts. If we would go back to that habit, that probably solves a ton of our production issues because we're now reactive. We're not acting by design as much. We're almost acting by default. We're waiting for the next one. And then if that next one comes in while you and I are on the phone, then that one gets delayed. And then we kick the can and then we delay and delay and never call versus having structured time to make these calls. Yeah. Without the structured time, it becomes really easy to hit that next button that you were talking about. It's it's just like everything else. Right? It's like if we want to get in better shape, and we say, okay, we need to start exercising. But you know, you don't hire that trainer, or you don't schedule it, or you don't show up at the same time every day. And you know, by the end of the day, you know, you know you wanted to do it, but you know, now you're you got all these reasons why not, right? You're tired, you gotta help your kids do something, you got other things, and it just never happens. So I think the key to what you said is the scheduling the time, blocking the time, you know, that gives you the space to then do what you know it is you need to do. Without that space, it becomes a lot harder and takes a lot more, you know, willpower or, uh, you know, a lot more desire. If you block the time to do it and you remove the excuses, the only thing stopping you is you at that point. You know, I hear a lot of people complaining about quality of leads, talking about, again, mindset, like, oh, these leads stink, online leads this, online leads that. Now, we both have already established in today's call that these people are going through a lot of effort to give us their information. Remember, when it was a sign call, all they had to do is dial one number and you get a phone call and they and they're they're connected. Now they got to add their number. They got to add their email. They know that we're tracking everything that they're doing. So they've got a lot more buy-in. But we seem to hear quality, the leads just, they're terrible. I, I don't think that leads are terrible. I, but what, what's your perspective on that dialogue? Because it's just, it just doesn't seem to stop. Well, here, here's the thing. None of us have the psychic ability to know ahead of time whether someone's going to buy or sell or sell three houses or buy four houses. I, they're all just opportunities. And this opportunity is to have a conversation and connect with someone. Why do agents do open houses? To meet people, to be able to connect and have a, you know, to create an opportunity to see if they can help them or not. So yeah. again, what's your mindset? Is your mindset that they're not ready, that they're not qualified, that they're you know, not interested? Or is it your mindset, hey, this is an opportunity for a new conversation. There's an opportunity for a new yeah. connection. And it, look I agree with you. I don't think there. I, I think the concept of bad leads is a fallacy, and it is probably the one of the most damaging thoughts agents can have. What if your mindset was there are no bad leads? Right? Yeah. There's a bad follow up. There, we know that, but there's just opportunities because every person you talk to is an opportunity for now business, or for future business, or for referral business. Everyone you talk to is going to fall into one of those three buckets. So mm-hmm. even if you talk to someone. And look at they're, you know, they're never moving, or they're gonna be there till they die, or whatever. There's an opportunity there to build a relationship and to get referrals from them because they're gonna know someone who's buying or selling a house, 
And you want to be the one that they think of when, when that person shows up. So, yeah. you know, if we, if we change our mindset to say, Hey, every one of these is an opportunity for now business, future business or referral business. Why wouldn't you want to talk to as many people as possible? You know, I think just that one word also opportunity versus leads. I think leads has has kind of created the the term leads kind of sets an expectation and i think the expectation of agents are, are you giving me a lead well okay you're giving me a paycheck you're giving me a commission check like the expectation is it's it's going to convert when yeah. the reality is is that they're they're just opportunities and and one of the things that i i, I try to coach my agents is one of the challenges that i think that that we've had in our industry I think we kind of got it wrong. And that is we have started to label or judge the quality based on how long it's going to take to convert. So something that's going to take us 12 months to convert, that's a terrible lead. Something that's going to convert this week, that was a great lead. You know, and and I don't think quality should be measured by time frame. And yep. if we're measuring quality by time frame, we're probably doing it because we don't have the right automation or follow-up systems in place. So we know that we're going to not, we're going to lose them over the next 10 months because we don't have good follow-up systems. So we're like, well, that's just wasted. And I can only go after these new ones. But I always say this is anybody who gets a lead, uh, let's just say an online buyer lead. I believe this wholeheartedly. If I go to Ojo and you give me a lead, Chris, and I convert it in the next two weeks, that was nothing more than me winning the lottery. Because that lead, for me to convert that lead tells me that lead was already in three other agents' hands. And those, those other agents all dropped the ball and I just hit the lottery ticket and picked up the call at the right time. That lead may have been new to me, but it wasn't a new lead. It was an old lead. If if you got if you met someone and one of these leads and they bought a home from you in two weeks, guaranteed they've had interactions with several other agents over the yes. last several weeks or several months. And it, like you said, time timing was on your side and you didn't screw it up. Yes. Um, any and and really almost any agent can convert those, right? Yes. I, yeah. If I come in contact with you as a lead and I've I've missed out on other homes, I know exactly what I want. In fact, I even found the home and, yes. and, and you show it to me and write it up and we get like almost any agent could do that. But you can't survive on those those gimmies or those lottery tickets, right? Yeah, those are nice and we love them and we want more of those. But it's the ones that you actually make happen. It's the it's the situations that you actually create because of your follow-up, because of your skill set, because of your persistence. Those are the ones that take you from, you know, survival or getting your bills paid to really being able to create wealth and, and create the type of income that allows you to, to do the things you want to do with your life and with your for your kids and everything else. So you know the gimmies are are great, but it's the pros um, become pros by converting all the others. Yeah, it, it's it, it sounds like to me it, it's now becoming a game of the person who loses the least makes the most. It's a game of lessening our losses, and that's what I want to pe- people to take out of this. Is like there's a huge opportunity. There, all the leads, all the buyers are going to be converted by somebody. 
the challenge is, is like, take the ones like Chris and I are saying, take the ones that like are the give me's that I've already been through other agents. But when you look at all the leads you generate or you get in a year, I believe 10% or more are going to convert with somebody, but they're not going to convert. Like in my belief, and you may know more on statistics than I am, but in my belief, I think I'm very confident in saying 10% of the leads are going to convert in 12 months, but the average agent's only going to convert less than 1%. So like there's there's 10% of conversion available at a minimum, and there's 1% being obtained. There's 9%, there's 900% opportunity that's there. So in my mind, we had uh, you ha- we had 10, we closed one, we lost nine. Lessen your losses. It doesn't require more leads. It takes a lesser loss ratio. Uh, you're, you're, you're a thousand percent right. We introduce tens of thousands of consumers every month to real estate agents. And then we watch what happens. And the amount of times that the agents release the lead because they said that they're not qualified or they're not going to do anything or that I can't help them or they're not ready or they're just going to rent or whatever. And then we look at how many of those people actually buy homes. Yes, it's, You're 100% right. The agents miss out on 90% of the opportunities because they don't they didn't do a good job out front of really learning about the person or they just didn't follow up. They just weren't there. You know, look at everyone's situation changes, right? There's we all um go through periods of time when we think, oh, we're gonna do something, and then we decide, eh, we're gonna wait. And then something happens, and you go, you know what? I'm doing it. And, and and but the agents go, they catch the person at the time where they say, nah, I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna not gonna do anything. And then they don't follow up. And when the person three weeks later, three months later is like, you know what, we need to do it. And the agent isn't there anymore. And then they 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 become that easy gimme for the next agent. Yeah, that's that's that that's awesome. So um y- y- you know, again, there's you know, one of the things that I I'm 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 pushing for is and advocating for in in my own office, but I just feel compelled to do it for the industry as much as I can, is there's such an opportunity here. Um where where are you seeing what what would you say that you see? is the agent's biggest challenge when it comes to these leads, whether it's calling the initial contact, getting them on the phone. Is it the follow-up? Is it they have terrible automation and and whatnot? Like, where do you see is, if you could solve one problem, yeah, there's plenty of problems to solve. But if you could identify one that if I solve this, it would have the biggest impact. If If I could solve this for agents, it would have the biggest impact on them financially where would you start? I think um, that's a really good question. And I'm I'm sort of torn as you were asking me that question. I'm like, I'll give you two. (laughs) Two two works. Um, So one is in the initial conversation. You're talking to someone because they they want something. They either want to see a house. They want to learn about something. They have questions they want to ask. Getting that, just getting the appointment with them. You know, if they want to see a house, we don't need to interrogate them. We don't need to, we don't need to know how long they've been looking. Do they own a home? Are they qualified? You know, are you going to be paying cash? They want to see the house. And and if you don't show it to them, they're just going to go somewhere else. It's different now than it was before. So if someone's been in the business for a while, they might be struggling with this a little bit. But you got to understand that all of our expectations and consumer behavior has changed. 
It's changed. It's just not the same. I want things fast. I want things easy. I want things without friction. I want transparency. That's all the things I want. And, and most consumers want the same thing. So if I want to see a house, show me the house. Now, that gives you the opportunity to then build trust and rapport. And when you have trust and rapport, now you've earned the right to start having a dialogue about how long they've been looking and what their plans are. And do, are they going to be selling a home? And, and are they going to be paying cash or financing? Have they had a chance to get with a lender yet? And then you can, you're now in a position where you can start to become that advisor. So that's one thing. Just don't create friction. Make it easier to get in front of them. And getting in front of them is yeah. the biggest differentiator you can do. Before so you go on to number two, before you go on to number two, here's so what, what I'm hearing you say is grant them access. They're calling for access. They already, I can go to Movado, right? And I can see the pictures. I can see the price. I can probably see tax information. There's so much stuff that is I can see on, on that one website about the property. And now I'm calling about that property. I've already got, I know where the schools are. I know I, I've got everything. I've got it all on the internet. Chris, I just need you to give me access. And then you're like, well... Before I give you access, I mean, you know, how long you been looking? Are you working with any other agent? Can you afford this? Have you talked to a lender? You know, are you going to pay cash? Oh, you're going to pay cash? Can you send me a um, proof of funds? And they're like, what the hell are we, what are we talking about here? So give them access because that's really what they're calling for. And if you'll give them what they want first, they'll give you what you want second, which is they'll give you the information but you got to give them what they want first, which is access to the property. Set the appointment. Love it. Love it. And so the, so the second area that um, is the uh, huge area for opportunity is the one we've been talking about, and that is follow-up. It drives me crazy when I see agents say, well, how long should you follow up? Well, how long do you plan to be in the business? Yeah. You should be following up forever. Like there's no, there's no expiration date, right? Because people's lives change. Even if they aren't going to do anything this year, next year, they could get a divorce and need to sell a house and buy two homes, or they're going to get married, or they're going to have a kid. Or, like Things happen all the time. So we never stop following up. And yet most agents go, well, you know, I tried them six different times. They didn't respond. They ghosted me. Please. They're not, you're not that important for them to purposely do anything to you. Right? Yeah. You're not even thinking about you. They got their whole life going on. You know, they're on a Zoom meeting, so they didn't take the call that came in, right? So that doesn't mean it's nothing about you, but making it about you. Um, those are the two areas, the initial call and then the follow-up. And then, you know, if you were giving me a third one, um, it, would be, it would be the mindset, right? Because how we think and what we think about determines our actions so much. And it determines how we interact in that first call. Like, are we looking at it? Do we have the expectations that, hey, here's an opportunity? There's going to be a buyer, a seller. It's going to happen now, or it's going to happen in the future, or it's going to be a referral source. And so you're, you're, you know, that's valuable to you. You got to treat it that way. When it comes to follow up, are you are you sitting there going, you know, they're going to think I'm pushy. They're going to think I'm all salesy. They're going to think I'm bothering them. They're going to be mad. They're going to be there. It's exhausting, right? Just stop thinking. If if you can't have the right thoughts or the good thoughts, don't have any thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, we'll think ourselves right out of doing business. You know, I, when people say, gosh, you know, they're going to think I'm pushy. And I always say this. I said, look, pushy is something that's demonstrated in tonality and voice inflection. So you can follow up as much as you want. 
And when you get them on the phone, you could sound pushy or you could choose not to sound pushy, but pushy is not in the activity of follow-up. It's in the tone and inflection in the conversation. That's going to determine pushy. So I'm sure you're not going to be sound pushy. Then that doesn't even exist. It's a hallucination. It's like you're saying. It is. And that's such a good point. I love that you made that point. It really is. I am with the agent I referenced earlier. I, I did a role play with them and I said, did anything I say offend you? You know, did anything I say make you mad? I said, now I could have said it in a way that would have been offensive. I could have said it in a way that would have made you mad. But having the conversation and saying, hey, here's why, if you want the house, here's why we need to make an offer that's that's going to get the seller excited versus getting them pissed off. So yeah, 100% agree with you. It's in the, it is in the tonality. It's in the words you use. It's it's how you use it that determines whether whether you're annoying to them or going to yeah. anger them or or be perceived as pushy. But yeah, the the act of doing our job again, it's it's normal. Like they, if they interact with a salesperson, I. What do you consider a professional salesperson? I know everyone I've ever dealt with, whether it's buying clothes, buying cars, buying house, you know, whatever real estate agents I've deal with in other markets, the ones that are great at following up are the ones that I consider the most professional. And the ones that don't, I go, yeah, kind of flaky. Yeah. Again, it goes back to it's like they're judging us way different than we are perceiving they're judging us. It's like if I go into a restaurant. And it takes a long time for somebody to even greet me. Like I sit down at the table and it's like, I, I see the waiter that's supposed to be at our table, just walking around and walking past me and maybe they're busy, whatnot. But the longer it takes for them to just say, hey, hey, I'll, I'll get some waters to you in a moment. Let me just finish up with this table. Like that little acknowledgement that they the kind of acknowledge they saw me, then I'm cool. The longer it takes, the worse my experience is. And then the worse my experience, the whole meal is. That's how we function. And the same thing happens with that lead. The longer it sits, the tougher it is. It's just the, the unlikely you're going to convert it. You know, so it's just we got to shift that mindset. Think like the consumer. Stop thinking like the agent. And stop and stop making stuff up. Yeah. You can make up way more than there is there to, to, to be even be thinking about. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I really appreciate the conversation. Ojo Labs, now you all kicked off something, Ojo Labs Pro Plus, or yeah, is that, that what, Pro, Pro Plus, I think? Do you still have markets available? We do. In some markets, we have a waiting list. So you get on the waiting list, teams, and it is just for teams. So this is a, we have other products for individual agents, but for, for teams, Pro Plus is just for top teams that cover, you know, like a whole market. It's a great program where, you know, they're getting a predictable amount of, of introductions and opportunities. Uh, they're not competing with anyone else. They're exclusive to them. But yeah, we have a lot of markets where we still have availability. Um, so if anyone's interested, reach out to me. On, you can find me on any social media channel. Yeah. So that's have. Ojo Labs Pro Plus is for teams. And then what's your product for um, like a solo agent? Um, the Ojo Select Network. And then we also have one called just Ojo Pro. Uh, again, some markets we have availability, some we don't, but you know, happy to happy to get you on our waiting list if we don't. Yeah. Well, if anybody's out there looking for leads, uh, number one, I think this would be a great uh, resource for you. And, and one of the things that you can be comfortable with is uh, part of the leadership. Chris is part of the leadership team of Ojo Labs, and you've gotten a good idea, a good taste for how he thinks. And so to me, when you're dealing with a lead company, 
Um, you know, some lead companies are just, let me just throw these leads out. And they're not really thinking through the industry. They don't have a lot of street credibility. They haven't been there on that side. So yes, they can give you a lead, but with Chris and Ojo, not only do you are you going to be able to get leads if you choose to work with each other, but on top of that, you kind of understand how the 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 leadership is thinking. So that's going to influence your experience. So it's just something that I would I would check out if 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 y'all are are needing any leads. So Chris, I sure do appreciate you uh, you know setting time with me. As always, I, I took some notes on my own notepad, so I try not to look down while I'm writing. So it's going to be very messy. But I took a bunch of notes, you know, just said things that came out. I do appreciate it. The, the only reason I wasn't taking notes is because I know you're recording this. And <laughs> at the, I probably, probably no less than five times during this conversation, I had the thought, I can't wait to send this recording to my team. That's um, awesome. That's great. Uh, well, that, 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 and my that. team will be watching it also. And um, because, le- listen, for, for you out there in the audience, I, I'm a big believer, and I think Chris is too, that you've got you to gotta learn. You should always self-generate. We should always be learning the art of self-generation in the business. But this whole lead part of our industry is a huge opportunity to like be able to scale and really build a massive business for yourself. But we do have to take some of the lessons that we talked about today and apply them because there is a huge, there's exponential growth opportunity by getting into the lead business, but you're going to hear a lot of stories, horror stories about how these lead companies are this or online leads are that. It's not true for there, there, there's a different story. It's just unfortunately that the people that are making a lot of money, they're not spending their time telling the story on social media. It's the people that are failing that are speaking and yelling and telling the most. Yep. So don't believe all that stuff. The opportunity's there. Can have said it better. Thanks all for right. saying. All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much, bud. And and I want to go fly fishing up in that. I've seen, what is it? White what? Whitefish, Montana. Yeah, Whitefish, Montana. I see videos about Whitefish, Montana fly fishing. So I'm going to keep twisting your arm. I'm just waiting. I'm twist my arm. You just got to just tell me when you're coming. We got room for you. All right, man. All right. Thank you so much, Chris. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye.